You are listening to teaching from Grace Baptist Church in Troy, Ohio. For more information, visit www.findinggrace.net. If you could please turn your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 11, verse 33 to 36. We're going to read the passage for today. And I've entitled this message, Light Reveals, Darkness Conceals. We'll talk a little bit about that later. As you're turning, just a little reminder, Vacation Bible School does start tomorrow. So if you haven't signed your kids up yet, it's not too late. Come anyways. We'll sign them up. If you have some neighbors at home, some friends, some relatives, let them know what's going on. We'd love to have them here and for them all to learn more about God. Okay, so Luke chapter 11, verse 33 to 36. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, it's up there on the screen as well. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright. As when a lamp with its rays gives you light. If you could please bow your heads, we're going to pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this morning, and I thank you for the freedom, as we're reminded this morning in the meeting, that we have to be able to come here and to worship you, to learn more about you. I thank you for the heritage that we have here in the United States. And I thank you for um, you coming to give us freedom as well. I pray for you bless this time, speak through me, and help us to all be able to learn through your word this morning. In your holy name I pray, amen. So anyone who has known me or gotten close to me or known me through the youth ministry probably knows one thing, and that's that I'm really passionate about liking to talk about the light and living in the light versus living in the darkness. In fact, that was one of the very first things that I ever did a lesson on at this church. I wasn't the youth minister yet. I was um, in college, and I needed to do a sermon, so I did a sermon for the youth group and had some of the kids grade me, and I can't remember how they graded me. It'd be interesting to find out now, but I'm going to share a few things from that with you guys today. And first of all, I want to just share with you the mission statement of the youth group to kind of share with you that passion and where we're going. So I don't have that to show you on the screen. I'll just read it to you. But these sheets are available in the youth room generally, as long as I'm caught up with making copies. And I've had some help from people in the congregation with designing a logo for the youth ministry. You'll notice, those who are close enough to see, the logo for Grace Youth is, I almost call it a cross, a light, an explosion of light. And it shows the darkness, and it shows the light overcoming the darkness. It shows a cross in the center, and then Grace Youth coming out of it. I've put a lot of thought into this, with even trying to come up with names for Grace Youth, which would symbolize living in the light versus living in the darkness. I've, talked, I've thought about beacon, enlightened, sun, or sun ministries, crossfire, clarity, LED, lit, ignite, glow. But the mission statement is this. 
Grace Youth Ministry that's focused on living in the light of Christ and avoiding the darkness. We have life through him and him only. We're serious about showing our love for God in how we follow him and by how we show our love for others. We know that God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we want the world to know this. We strive to shine forth for Christ in this world of darkness. But we are only able to do so by staying plugged into the source, which is Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that a little bit today and about how we ourselves cannot light ourselves. We ourselves cannot glow without somebody else giving us the power to glow. If you think about light, light is, and darkness is something which is very universal in the world. It's not just something scriptural-based, spiritual-based. In fact, at all times, half the world is in light, half the world is in darkness. There's many different ways that you can think about light. Light is everywhere. In fact, you can compare it to good situations and bad situations. People even think about this when they're talking about um, figuring things out in life. There's different sayings. But before we get into that, let's talk about the familiar concept. What is light? What is darkness? And the use of light and darkness to describe good and bad throughout Scripture and our culture. We're going to talk about the definitions of light. The definition of light is something that makes vision possible. And therefore, the definition of dark is devoid or partially devoid of light, not receiving, reflecting, transmitting, or radiating light, arising from or showing evil traits or desires. And this was from Webster's Dictionary. So they're very opposite of each other. And you cannot have light and darkness at the same time. For the moment you have light, light starts to take over and light starts to overpower the darkness. Light and darkness are also very common in our language. I put that up there for you guys to see as well. But we might say, I couldn't figure out the puzzle until the light came on, and then I knew the solution. Or, man, I was in the dark until you explained it to me, and now I see. In fact, light reveals, darkness conceals. Concept, this concept is also in many movies. If you think about scary movies, suspenseful movies, even action movies, you'll often notice that a very scary scene or a very suspenseful scene is normally very dark. And it's because that darkness hides things. It conceals things. The darkness makes a fear come out in you because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen next. Whereas light, light um, brings about the truth. It helps you be able to see what's really there. Light and darkness is a constant battle between good and evil everywhere, not just in the Bible, but we use it with our superheroes. We use it with schooling. We use that concept with many things. As it says, it's even used to play tricks on you, such as in the movies that we're talking about. Darkness, the unknown, creates fear, where light brings about a sense of comfort. The same is true about spiritual light. The hidden things in darkness are a cancer to your soul. When you have darkness in your life, it just continues to grow in you and grow in you until it's hard for you even to move on. It's hard for you to get over it without help from another. A person in a darkened room, is filled, which is filled with clutter, cannot tell if they're standing in the middle of treasure or trash until the lights turn on. 
In fact, I remember a TV commercial that some of you may remember. It might be Febreze, it might be Lysol, I don't remember what it is, but it's a room freshener where it puts couples, it puts people in the room blindfolded and it asks them, what do you smell? Where do you think you are? And they make their guesses, oh, I'm in this beautiful place. And then what they come to find out when they take their blindfold off, I remember one scene in particular, they were in this broken down old factory with a old, sitting on an old couch that was full, probably full of bed bugs. It looked pretty disgusting. And there were cats all over. I mean, it was, it was a pretty nasty place. But darkness con- conceals. Once they took the blindfold off, the light reveals. The same is true of our life. When we're in darkness, we don't know what's going on around us. We're blind. If you get used to living in the darkness and believing that the evil ways of the world are better for you, then you may never turn back. You're never more in harmony with darkness than when you hide things in your life. Again, light reveals, darkness conceals. There's one main point of this message I want you to remember when you leave, and that's why I entitled it what I did. We'll have some smaller points, but I want you to remember that light reveals, darkness conceals. So you're going to hear me say that multiple times. You cannot be both wet and dry at the same time. The same thing is true about light. We're all sinners, but his light purifies us. So I believe there's one more slide up there with a light bulb. Is that next there, Marty? Thank you. So I wanted to just show you this illustration. And this illustration goes back a couple years to that lesson that I had taught about light and darkness. And we are only the light bulb. The source of power, the electricity is Jesus. So it just gives you a visualization. I can't do this here, but with the youth group, I had passed around a light bulb. And my challenge to the entire youth group was find a way to make this light. Passed around, people looked at me like I was crazy, but it served a point. We are like that light bulb. The light bulb cannot be lit without being screwed in to a source, a fixture, without being plugged in to electricity. Jesus Christ is that electricity. Jesus Christ is that fixture. Jesus is the only one that can light our lives up. He's the only one that can show us the light. And as long as we're living in the darkness, we don't know where we're going. But once we plug ourselves into the source, which is Jesus, we can move on. So talking a little bit about the background of this verse, Luke eleven sixteen to 32, Jesus, wherever he went, had crowds which were following him. And these crowds were always demanding more and more miracles. They wanted to see what was next. Most of these crowds were not following them because they were true disciples of him. Now, I should specify, a lot of them were. A lot of them really believed everyone, everything he was saying. But a lot of these people just followed him because they wanted to see the next thing that was going to happen. A lot of us are that same way. A lot of us may be here even this morning because of our own selfish desires. We may not be truly seeking him out. This is where we start in verse 33 with Jesus saying, No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. We must come to him to be filled. We cannot see without him in our life. You see, Jesus Christ was there with them. Jesus was doing all these miracles. Jesus was healing the blind, bringing the dead back to life feeding the thousands, 
calming the storms. And yet still they could not see what was right in front of them. And what was right in front of them was God. What was right in front of them was Jesus, was the light. The light to be able to cure their blindness. But they didn't want it. I think it's pretty obvious that a number of them didn't want it. It was, it was obvious. And why is that? It's because we're all sinners. The people at that time must have willfully stayed in darkness. And why would they do that? In John three nineteen to 20, you don't have to turn to it. I'll read it to you. We're told this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Often I think we're the same way. We love the darkness more than we do the light. We don't want to give up what we have going on in our lives. We don't want to give up our selfish desires for God. But as long as we're holding on to those things, as long as we're holding on to the darkness, we're unable to really see what's going on. Because darkness conceals, light reveals. We'll talk more about that. This was a very, possibly a very common saying back in that time, referring to the, the light and hiding the light. He used it on more than one occasion. The idea is that you light a light so, you, so that others can see. You don't put it in a place that would hide its light or extinguish the light. The same is true today. We don't light a light just to put it under the bed. We don't turn on a flashlight when we're camping just to hide it in our sleeping bag. Light is very important to us, so important to us that we use it often at times when we don't even need it. We may, I think about the church here even, throughout the week when it's light outside, we have natural light, yet we still turn on every single light. It drives my wife crazy that I'm that way when I walk in the house. I like light. My wife loves more of a dim atmosphere. But the moment I come into the room, I turn on all the lights in the room. I like to be able to see. Sometimes that's bad because you see everything that you need to fix. Um, and that's, same, that's true of our life. We need that light to be able to see what we need to fix. Jesus was here, and yet people were not seeing him for who he was. They were blinded by their sins, by the darkness. They were all asking for a sign. They were all asking for a miracle. And yet, Jesus had already displayed countless miracles. In fact, some of the miracles, they were, they, he was beginning to have people denying that it was the power of God and that it was the power of Satan instead. Yet, God was right in front of them. When living with sin in our lives, we're living in darkness, and therefore we're blind and cannot see. I want you to think about sunglasses. I was playing softball Friday night, and I'll blame it on my sunglasses. Some of you who were there will say it was just my skill, but my sunglasses were covered in sweat. They were getting all foggy. I couldn't see, so they were causing me to miss the balls. I couldn't catch a ball, so I ended up throwing my sunglasses off the moment that I went back to dugout, and the rest of the night I played without them. It's same. The same is true about your lives. Think about yourself wearing a pair of glasses that's covered in mud. It does no good for you because you can't see through them. We must clean them. And the same is true about your life. We must repent from our sins, but we also must move from that lifestyle. We must do whatever we can to get away from that. And I think that's one of the number one things which keeps us from moving away from the sin in our life is because we repent 
We ask forgiveness, but we never truly move away from it. And before the week is over, we turn back to that. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But Jesus is the word, and the Bible is there to guide us. But are we too blind to see? In Psalm 119.105, it tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And in Ephesians 5.13, all things become visible when they're exposed by the light. The problem is we all have a choice. We need to ask. We need to allow the light into our lives. In order to do that, we need to get rid of the darkness. And are we willing to get rid of the darkness? So we move on to verse 34. The lamp of the body. Eyes are for seeing and believing. And to read that again for you, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. You see, the passageway to the eye is the passageway to the mind and the heart. It is the conduit that lets understanding in. Your body cannot light itself. Your eye is not a light in itself, but it allows the light in. In the same way, the eye can also allow the darkness in. So we, have, we all, again, have a choice. Are we going to allow the darkness in and to fill our souls, or are we going to allow the light in and to fill our souls with the light of Christ, the light which is revealing to the rest of our life and to let us know what is going on? When your eye is healthy, this phrase is sometimes translated when your eye is clear, meaning when it is working properly and nothing is hindering it, the whole body will be filled with the light of truth. You cannot be both wet and dry at the same time. We talked about that. You can't have both darkness and light at the same time. The same is true with your body. If you're letting darkness in, if you're letting sin into your life, if you're letting light in at the same time, they're counteracting each other. You need to get rid of one. The one you need to get rid of is the darkness. On the other hand, when your eye is bad or not working properly or is hindered, then no light or truth gets in and you're filled with darkness. You might also look at this verse and say, if truth is set before my eyes, then I will be filled with truth. If I set sin before my eyes, then I will be filled with sin. Matthew 5.14 tells us this, Let them alone, they are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. To summarize that, a blind guide cannot lead the blind. This really hit me when I heard this, when I read this verse. A blind guide cannot lead the blind. How many of us at home are thinking that we're discipling others or we're talking to others about Christ, we're talking about other, to others about the Bible, maybe we're leaving a, leading a small group. Are we blind guides leading the blind? What are we doing with the rest of our lives? What are we pursuing with the rest of our lives? Are we really pursuing God, or are we letting darkness in, which then, because of that, causes us to be blind, and yet we're trying to lead others, which doesn't work. Verse 35, and the problem is sin. Thank you. Verse 35, take care which lamp. Watch your step. And this is where I'm going to spend some time talking about it's easy to become desensitized to worldly sin when you're tempting yourself with it day after day. Verse 35, therefore be careful lest the light in you be darkness. We need to constantly be evaluating our lives, looking to our lives and thinking, 
what are we doing with our lives? In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it tells us, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I don't know about you, but that verse is really convicting to me. You, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. A lot of us, or some of you, may remember the what would Jesus do bracelets that people used to wear. You may think to yourself and remember times when you're saying to others, oh, I'm just seeking God's will for my life. I'm looking for what he wants me to do. But I ask you, are we really seeking God? This verse tells us that we will seek him and find him when we seek him with all of our heart. Yet we struggle to even give him five minutes a day. We struggle to even give him one minute a day. A lot of times we give him no minutes a day. Yet we can make time for watching ESPN. We can watch time to make time to watch our TV shows. We can make time for so many other things, but not God. And because of that, we allow darkness in. We need God's word constantly in us to be a shield for us, to have the armor of God on us to be able to deflect the evils of the world. So take care, watch out, and be careful that the light you think you have is not something else, like misguided wishes, bad teaching, lies, or deception. If we're not in God's word, if we're not seeking him, it's easy to be desensitized by the world and think, oh, there's no problem with watching the Big Bang on TV. There's no problem with doing this. There's no problem with doing that because we're not in God's word to be able to realize what the problem is with it. We don't have the light in our life to be able to reveal what the darkness is making us do. Again, you remember you can stand in a room in complete darkness and not remember, not realize that really it's a bunch of clutter and trash all around you. It's a bunch of cat litter boxes because you don't know what's going on until you take off that blindfold. Are we really seeking God with all of our heart? We say we want to be closer to God. We want to know God. We want to be more like Christ. Maybe at one time or another, you wore that bracelet. But do we really think about what would Jesus do? Are we really trying to be more like Christ in everything we do? Are we really sharing our faith with others? Or are we even, maybe we're sharing our faith with others, but then we're living a total separate life when we go home from there. What TV shows do you watch? What music do you listen to? What books do you read? What people do you hang out with? There's, it's obvious in life that there's many bad books out there. And yet a lot of Christians are reading them. A lot of Christians are listening to the same music, the same TV shows or movies that is filth for your souls and desensitizing you, making you think, oh, there's no problem with this. There's no problem with that. But if you take a break from it and you focus on God's word, you soon realize what you're missing out on. You soon realize what the problem is. Does your life glorify God? Moving on to verse 36. Having the light is a choice. You let your light shine for others to see. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. You see, this verse is conditional. It tells us if, therefore, or if, then, depending on what translation you're reading. So we have a choice. When we're reading that, it says if. But it's not just that. It's expansive. 
It also says the whole body, full of light. And to emphasize that Jesus said each phrase twice, this verse is complete with no part of it in darkness. Because light reveals and darkness conceals. We don't want to let one in the darkness. We want to let all the light in. But you have to make the choice, if, therefore. And then you have to make that choice to let your whole body in, to let all the light in. Matthew five fourteen to 16 tells us this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bull. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We need to let the light in. We need to be that light bulb, but we don't need to stop there. We need to let that light bulb shine. We need to turn the power of that light on high and shine for others to see. So first, you have a choice. You have to make the choice to let the light in. You need to make the choice to focus on God. You need to make the choice to seek out God with all your heart in everything you do. But after you make that choice, you need to make the choice to shine for other people to see. You need to make the choice to glorify God and not yourself. How many things in life are we glorifying ourselves through? To borrow a a phrase from Pastor Sean, selfless versus selfish. How much are we selfish for versus selfless? What are we doing for others? What are we doing for God? Conclusions. What is this passage saying? It's saying many things, but specifically we're talking about Jesus and him being the, the light. Not just light, but we're talking about our sight. And that's what Jesus was talking about here People wanted to see more miracles. They wanted to see more signs. They wanted to see more proof. Yet all the proof they needed was right there in front of them. But their sight was blinded by darkness. And it's saying whatever we focus on becomes our character. It becomes who we are and what we live for. If we're always focused on negative, we're going to be negative. If we're focused on the darkness, the sins, we're going to let that take over into our lives. And it's hard to move back towards the light. But Jesus is always there waiting for us. Do we have the light of Christ in our life or is darkness already taken over? To accomplish great things, great vision must lead the way. This is only through living in the light. Maybe you've lost your sight for God. Maybe you've lost your sight for your marriage. Maybe you've lost your sight for your job or your family, but I want to make sure all of you know that it's not too late. It's never too late to ask God for forgiveness. So my final point and point number one is repent of your sin. In Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, you see that up there. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You notice that that says we need to run. We shouldn't just casually and keep looking back at the sin and think, oh, well, maybe I want to go back. We need to run from it. We need to make sure we strive and challenge ourselves to get far away from that sin so it can't keep tempting us. And we need to make changes in our life which help prevent us from going back to that sin. Whatever darkness is in you, 
that may be talking with a friend and getting an accountability partner or an accountability group, as I think about the dude group sitting here in front of me, that may be sharing with your wife and your family your struggles or your pastor. And this is hard to do. I'm not saying that's not. It is extremely hard to share with others your sin and what you struggle with in life. But you need help to get by. But first and foremost, we need to repent of our sin. We need to ask God for forgiveness, and we need to ask God for help. We were talking about the mission trip earlier, and there's one thing I taught the, the little kids, because they're struggling so much with anger and jealousy and, and fear and fighting. I shared with them that when you're struggling, you need to ask God for help. And we did a little exercise which helped them to slow down and just think about the situation and think about how God can help. And what we did is I just taught them when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're sad, whatever it is, to take a deep breath and then let it out. Close your eyes and just focus on God. Say, God, please help me. I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what to do, but I know that I need your help. The same is true for us. The same is true for adults. It doesn't matter if you're a little child or if you're an adult, what age you are, if you're male or female, what matters is that we need God, and we need God in our lives. So first, we must repent of our sin and ask him for forgiveness, but then also ask him for help. The next point is before we fix our eyes on Jesus, we must throw off the sin that entangles us, but then grow in your character. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 and 8. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We should always be trying to grow. That may be in our spiritual life, that may be in our physical life, that may be through Scripture. But every, every time we can try and work on growing ourselves, it helps us to not back right back up into that old life. It also helps us to be able to help others, which my last point is give others vision. Nothing restores vision like giving to others. Find someone that lacks vision and encourage them to be faithful. Once you have overcome whatever was in your life, we need to help others overcome that as well. Proverbs 11:25 A generous man will prosper he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed We must seek out Jesus We must seek out the light we must try and get away from the darkness How can we lead and how can we disciple others or lead others to Christ when we ourselves are still in the darkness We're all trying to hide something in our lives Only you truly know what that is and you have a choice to make. Are you going to let that continue to be in your lives and continue to affect your ministry to others, your ministry to God, and what God's will is for your life? Or are you going to give it all to God? I believe Caleb sung a song earlier, I Surrender All. And we sing that song so often in church, but do we really surrender all, or are we always trying to hold on to something? How can we disciple others when we ourselves are blind? I wanted to read the last part of the youth ministry philosophy on that page there. We want to shine for Jesus, 
We are called to live a life in the light and not darkness. Living in light means to be in a steady relationship with Jesus Christ and to be living away from sin and to pointing others to him. To live in darkness would be to follow would be to be following the evil teachings of false teachers of the world. You see, the world is not always right. We should look towards God and the Bible to guide us in how to walk in the light and truth as God wants us to. Only then will we be able to shine as we were designed because we will now be plugged into the source, which is Jesus Christ. How often do you go to the word of God? How often do you go to God in prayer and seek him for advice for your life? In the world of of Siri and Google and Bing and the internet, in the world of social media, we're always seeking the advice of other people when we should be seeking him. You will, you will find me. You will, you will seek and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. In order to have light in your life, in order to reveal all things in your life and what's around you and get rid, get rid of that darkness, that sin, we must allow the light into our lives. Light reveals, darkness conceals. If you could bow your heads, I'll go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for this time that you've given us to be able to come and to be able to look to your word and to be able to think about our lives. I pray that all of us, including myself, can think about this as we go home today for lunch and that we can continue to think. I pray for your spirit to convict ourselves as we think about how might we change our life? How are we still allowing darkness in? Is there a particular TV show or music or book, is there a particular friendship that we're allowing to control our life instead of allowing you to control our life? Maybe we need to go to you more in your word or in prayer. I pray that we make changes, and I pray that after we make those changes in our life, we, we make changes also to prevent us to go back to those things. I pray that we continue to be plugged into the source of light, which is you, Jesus. Thank for all you've done for us by dying upon the cross. In your holy name I pray. Amen.